Oh, baby, baby. Good evening, listeners. It is October 12th, 2020. It is the host of the podcast, Notorious SA, a.k.a. Steve Anderson, a.k.a. House Ravenclaw. So I've been trying to think about what topic to cover next, and the thoughts are trying to cover something that is recent, like the Supreme Court nomination that is happening, something that's somewhat recent or general, like the presidential election, or something that's been in the topic recently and just sort of try to figure out exactly how much of it you can cover in a way that is relevant. Defunding the police. Now, here's the interesting thing about this, is that when you hear the words defund the police, there are two very different and distinct storylines going on when people talk about wanting to defund the police. The first is the normal one that you hear in the news from pundits who may lean to the left or to the center left or even liberal. And the one topic that I did kind of, I've had some notes on is one that's been in the news recently since we've had a year of social upheaval and uh, protest in regards to police brutality. And that is the defund the police movement that is currently making waves across different municipalities in the country. You've probably heard the saying before. You've probably seen it in chants and seen it written on signs as people protest. Who are trying to, it sounds like, account for the political realities of what this policy means. And when they say defund the police, they're very they're very careful to point out that this means that they don't necessarily believe that the police shouldn't exist, or that they should disband the police department. No, it's simply a matter of how much funding exactly does the police department get for any particular municipality, state, local, federal, whatever. Right? How much money are we spending on this? And is it effective? And is it possible? that maybe some of that funding could be diverted to other places. Right, that's what they say when they talk about defunding the police. Now, there are others who, in my mind, are far more honest about it, who say when they mean defund the police, we mean defund the police. We mean abolish the police, as in no more police. As in we believe the police department and the concept of police itself is bad for the community and that the money that would go to a police department should instead just go to any other community service because in their minds the police department is always a net negative that the police department will always cause more harm than good and that they despite thousands of years of humans not being able to get along without a functioning administrative portion of government decided that they Yes, they have been the ones to surpass the need for some form of policing. Good news about it. So, I don't have a personal beef with Planned Parenthood. I'll just say that right off the bat. 
I know some people do. And I know particularly when it comes to the pro-life crowd that Planned Parenthood is, in fact, for better or worse in their terms, a factory where babies are murdered. Or for many people, it's a place where a medical practice that is legal, but they find to be immoral, and in their mind should be illegal, is a place where women are going to terminate pregnancies. That's what they see it as. So not too long ago, in the before time of 2018, when there was a midterm election and the president's administration had basically worked to um, not include Title X funding for Planned Parenthood, that they were really active in promoting that this administration was out to get them. That the Trump administration had Planned Parenthood in its sights I was going to try to do everything possible to close down pregnancy centers, to not take a stand for the right to choose, right, and would work on behalf of the pro-life lobby. When I tried to do research for the story, I did find a website, both of them in the Planned Parenthood website era. The first one called I Stand With Planned Parenthood or www.istandwithpp.org backslash defund dash defined actually has a section on what defund defined means. And I was curious because when talking about them, it might be different than when talking about defunding a different organization. So I took a look and the website is still up now as of today. Uh, don't know what happens in the future, but you know, it's I'm sure it's been archived at some point. So if you need to see it, you can. I just gave you the web address. When they say defund, in quotation, it means defunding, quote-unquote, means blocking patients who use public health care programs from accessing preventative care at Planned Parenthood. One of the key tactics of the anti-abortion politicians in the Trump-Pence administration is through legislation they misleadingly named defunding. They made up that misnomer to confuse people about how funding works at Planned Parenthood. When anti-abortion politicians talk about defunding Planned Parenthood, here's what they really mean. Blocking patients who use public health programs such as Medicaid and Title X from choosing Planned Parenthood centers for their preventative care. So this whole page on their website talks about when they hear about defunding, right? They know it doesn't mean removing a particular funding source, attributing it to other health care providers, right? This is an attack on the organization itself and the very right to choose. This is from Planned Parenthood's own website. The same Planned Parenthood that has this website, which has, again, whole sanctions about defunding and the history of tax against Planned Parenthood, has another piece on another site that's sort of related, the Planned Parenthood Action Fund, right, the political arm of it, with an article called Defunding the Police what it means and why Planned Parenthood supports it. Let's take a listen. Planned Parenthood Action Fund, in solidarity with the patient staff and supporters, stands with the Movement for Black Lives call to defund the police. Defunding the police means investing less in militarizing police forces and investing more in community-based solutions, education, and healthcare. From slavery 400 years ago to present-day attacks by police, systems of white supremacy have imposed a public health crisis on the lives and safety of black people. Today, there are far too many examples 
across the country of police officers strong-arming and killing black people. Yet certain lawmakers want to continue pouring money into military-style weapons, training, and systems that allow officers to commit violence without consequences. It's time to shift our priorities. Instead of investing in systems that brutalize black communities, we demand that elected officials prioritize public health approaches that strengthen black communities. Excessive and discriminatory policing must be replaced with a model that promotes community support, connects individuals to available services, and actually creates safe and sustainable environments. So you hear it there, folks. Defunding the police means that the police department which from the article implies that is still suffering from the after effects of slavery is a blight on the black community and responsible for too many deaths. And therefore, we need to shift our priorities away from this particular funding model into one that actually improves the community. Now, aside from the fact that this seems pretty hypocritical, right? that when it comes to defunding them, it's not about taking some sources of funding away while they have others. It's an attack on them as a whole. When it comes to defunding the police, it is very much a plan to divert funding away from the police department and take it into other community services, like Planned Parenthood. And I'm not saying they're specifically saying this to get more money. But one can only imply that if they believe that more funding goes to social services, i.e. healthcare, i.e. them, that it would be better off for everybody than if it were to be for a police department. I am not of the type to defend the defund police department, and I very much am under the impression that those that do may actually support reforming the police department, but not actually defunding the police department. And to understand why this is a bad idea. If you were to Google articles on why not to defund the police department, you could find all that you want. But the idea that the problem with policing is so great that the only rational solution is to eliminate the entire police department anywhere is just a crazy idea. I do not agree with the concept that an entire police department is the problem. It has been in the past. And yes, there have been numerous federal consent decrees with different metropolitan police departments who have had problems with civil rights violations. The city of Chicago alone has paid out hundreds of millions of dollars in settlements as a result of police misconduct. So to say that the police aren't committing misconduct is wrong. I do believe that there are bad cops out there and they are using a system that is designed to protect good officers to protect them as well. And in many cases, it seems like the police department feels so isolated from the community that they may feel the need to defend an officer accused of wrongdoing. Not in all cases. There are some cases that are so blatantly obvious that they get fired and they face criminal charges immediately to which they should. But the idea that every single police interaction is going to be bad and that it's only going to result in a net negative for the community seems to very much misunderstand the idea of how we promote safety in our communities. And I'll give you an example. This also seems like a long time ago, but it was this year. 
the Chapel Hill Autonomous Zone. The Chaz. You may have heard of it. A place where law didn't exist. Also known as the Capitol Hill Occupied Protest or Organized Protest or CHOP. A self-declared autonomous zone in the Capitol Hill neighborhood of Seattle, Washington. A place where they decided that they didn't want any authority at all. And thought that they could somehow get past it. And sure enough, what do you think happened when several blocks of a city were basically given up by legitimate authorities to anarchists and thugs? What do you think ended up happening? That led to essentially a lore of the fly situations in the middle of a major American city. With one person who just happened to own a gun deciding that they were in fact the source of authority in this lawless blocks of land. Like, who could have possibly seen that coming besides every scenario where this plays out? Every time. And if you're going to sit here and say that I'm defending the police in all circumstances, I am not. As I just said earlier, police misconduct exists. Right? We need to have civilian oversight of police departments. And if that is also not enough, the federal government is able to step in and demand changes right, through the process of consent decrees, which they have done and have been successful in doing so. And sometimes an organization as conservative and as used to a rigid form of order as a police department may take time to adapt. It may take certain officers leaving and new ones coming in to really start making the kind of changes that police departments would need. But you still see all the time that there are thousands of police interactions every day where the police follow the law and respect people's rights and they help those who are in need. But we live in a very different time. We live in a time where the president is so divisive that those opposed to him believe that anybody that, that appears to be on his side or receives his praise or endorsement is also the enemy. And in this case, it's the police. The police are with Trump and therefore the police are the problem. The police enforce laws and often they support candidates who believe that it is important to have law and order and to enforce the laws. They'll often be subject to politicians who don't agree with them and their funding comes from city governments so they need to cooperate with them otherwise they could in fact risk their budget being cut this is a real tool that the civilian government has to keep the police department in check and often it seems like we forget this and we just assume that every time the police department does something bad or an individual officer or a few officers do something bad that the entire system is at fault and the entire system must go. And it's a bad idea. I don't know what other way to tell you that not having a police department is a terrible idea. If your town is small enough and you only need maybe one cop or one part-time sheriff to do most of the work, then great. And that then the size of your community is such that the police department's the police department logistically may actually be more expensive than needed. But in any kind of regular or medium-sized or large city, the idea of having zero police available to deal with crimes, violent crimes, which even though they've been going down over the years, still exist and still happen, 
And we need people who are willing to step up and provide the type of service that says that, hey, if someone is a threat to me or my family or to people around me, that I know that there's a service around that will allow me, I can call somebody and they can ideally provide well-trained professional officers who can help resolve the situation. And you know, people will say I'm biased due to the fact that I have family and friends who are police officers and I'm assuming the same way that if someone's biased because they've been the subject of negative interactions with the police department, that someone who has dealt with positive interactions will be biased. I'll say I've had both. I've known police officers who are good people, my friends and my family, who do everything by the book and do everything they can to protect their communities. I know there are less scrupulous cops as well, and I know cops who are trying to just, you know, do things that they feel they can do with people who don't know the law. And I'll tell you a quick story about the fact that I understand what the police are doing, but I understand that how, the, how you interact with them is important. When I was in college, back in 2012, 13, sometime in that range, I don't remember the exact date, but I was in my room. It was a suite, so I shared it with two other roommates of mine, all the individual rooms in the suite. The police came to the door and they knocked on my door and I was surprised because why the why are two Eastern Illinois cops in my suite? Nobody called. So realizing that I had a situation on my hands that could go bad, I realized the best thing to do is be as polite as possible. So you know what I did? I opened my door. I walked out behind me and I shut it and I asked how can I help you, officers? Right? It's very important to know that when you're dealing with the police, that there is a procedure you should follow. It involves being open and direct. It also involves a confident knowledge of your legal rights when dealing with the police. Because if you don't, many police will see that as an opportunity to get an easy arrest if you're not aware of your legal rights. Anyway. The police came to my door and said that a laptop had been taken from one of the halls in school where they stored said laptops. And the last location was listed um, in this building, this room, somehow. Essentially, they were arguing that the Wi-Fi or something in the computer was able to track it down to this location. Now, I had never used a laptop from this particular hall. I don't believe my roommates did either. And the fact that they did come here is one thing, but I wasn't buying it. So what they said was simply, we're just looking, we're gonna look in your room, and we're gonna look through the laptop, and we'll be out of your hair. And I'm like, respectfully officers, I understand what you're doing from, but I declined to have my room searched. Now I could tell that they were shocked, because the first thing they said was very quickly, why? Why don't you want your room searched? I'm like, all due respect officers, as a matter of principle, I do not consent to a search of my room. I assure you I do not have said laptop, nor do I go to that location and borrow laptops from there. I don't know about my roommates, who are currently not here, but I myself do not have it. And they said, well, why don't you just let us check it out? Just to confirm that. And I said, again, I am going to assert my legal right to decline to have a search of my room. Because what they want to let you to think is that because you live on campus is that your room is not a private residence or 
domicile, but it is for the purposes of your legal rights. So if they come to your room and the door's shut, you don't have to let them in. You don't have to let them search. You can demand a warrant, which I did not do, but I very much stressed to refuse it. And then after some pressing, they just said, look, if you have drugs or something in your room, we're not here to bust you for it. This isn't why we're here. We'll just probably make you flush it, right? Or we'll just take it away and we'll call it a day, right? A very easy trick to say that this sounds like you have something in your room that you want to hide. And if we find it and you're concerned about it, we'll go easy on you. Which, of course, there's no guarantee that they will. And I said again, all due respect, officers, I decline to have my room searched. It is my legal right to do so. And I will cooperate in whatever the way I can, but I'm declining to search my room. And immediately it was asked if I was a um, pre-law student or a political science student, to which I said I was, in fact, a political science student with criminology. And I said that my father was a police officer. And they asked where, and I explained that he was from my hometown or previous hometown. And they said, okay, well, we're going to go. But if you feel the need to get a warrant, we reserve the right to get it. And I was like, please, do so. And have a nice day. And they left. I escorted them out of the suite. And if you're wondering where the story is going, I did, in fact, have weed in my room. And to my knowledge, they had already searched the room of one of my other roommates who had consented to it and didn't find anything. So I asked him to hold on to it for me in case they came back, which he which he did. As a matter of fact, I was in my room studying when the police came back and they went up to another roommate of mine and said the same story. And of course, he consented as well, because they were obviously OK with that. And if you consent to a search, by all means, go ahead and do so. If you got nothing to hide. You don't have a problem with it. Let him do so. I was in my room studying. Door locked, obviously. And I could hear them talking to my roommate, and they were asking him questions about me, like, was it, did I seem sketchy? Did I seem credible, right? Do I spend a lot of time here? Do I get in trouble? And my boy, my roommate, set up for me. He said he's a good guy, doesn't commit any crimes, spends a lot of time outside of campus, you know, straight by the book guy, dad's a cop. He backed me up. And the police, I could tell are not used to having a college student assert their rights in a campus situation because because they're very aware that most kids don't know what their rights are in this scenario. And most of them don't want to cause any trouble and will just go with it. Now, later on, I tried to bring this up as a matter of one of our hall council meetings, which I lived in a residence hall where I was part of the student council that dealt with things in the hall. After expressing my interest in running this type of event, I had some dealings with the head of the residence halls who believed that I was sending the wrong message about cooperating with the police. And I said, excuse me? I'm sorry, are you saying that telling students what their rights are when the police are involved is not the right message to send? And now the real libertarian dick side of me came out because now I see the administration itself trying to act in a way that makes it easy for them. Now the standoff was resolved by the fact that um, we didn't have the time to do any other programs of that sort. But word had gotten around as to what had happened. And by the time I had heard it from somebody else, the story involved me telling the police to go fuck themselves. 
and I basically stood up and, you know, flipped them off and some gangster life stuff came out around me, which is, of course, not what happened. Don't be disrespectful to people who are just doing their jobs, right? Like, they know what they're doing, and the best way to interact is to be as polite and as reasonable as you can, even if it's infuriating and they're trying to insult your intelligence and belittle you and get a rise out of you. Every time when I see it, it's better to resolve it later than when you're in a situation where you can be arrested or hurt. And yes, far too often, people have done that exact scenario and have still been the victims of police brutality. And that, my friend, is where I have a problem. Because it seems very clear that in a world where we have something called qualified immunity, which is an invented Supreme Court doctrine that says that as long as there's any kind of good faith effort or any sort of gray area with police, if there's any sort of misconduct involved, legally, you need to side with the police. And frankly, in a world where not every situation is as clear cut as video records them having a justified shooting or acting unjustifiably, sometimes it's what the word against one or another. Sometimes officers lie. Sometimes they remember things differently. And unfortunately, we have a situation where we have to have constant oversight because it's, and again, it's a department of the government of some local branch that involves employees dealing with the law who have firearms, who we trust to use their judgment and discretion as to when someone is a threat and when someone is just being annoying. It's just, we could talk about the police and say that yes, every time something bad happens, there needs to be accountability. And if there's something regarding the unions or the police controlling the politicians involved, if it does seem like there's an unfair feedback loop in which real, people who commit misconduct do not face the consequence of their actions, it will result in negative consequences. And it will result in things like the defund the police movement coming out, which believes that the only way to try to solve these problems is to remove the police department itself. And frankly, that's just not, that's just not going to work. We can talk about reforms and oversights and judgments all day long. But if we're talking about as simple as a matter of getting rid of the police department, what you're going to have yourself is anarchy. Now, I digress a little bit, but going back to the main topic at hand here, the idea of defunding organizations, right? I've been talking about two organizations primarily. The police, which I guess encompasses all police in general, everywhere. And Planned Parenthood, the organization that is for women's health. Right? I just picked these two because when you look up the terms defund something, right? The two that I can think of, at least in terms of a sig signal of the left or the right, Defunding Planned Parenthood and defunding the police have a lot of similarities. One side claims that they don't actually intend to disrupt the organization, but they simply want to allocate resources to other organizations that aren't this particular one because they either have too much money or they object to the way that they're using it 
or they have problems with this organization and how they conduct their business. Right? And behind that are activists who, when they say the words defund, mean, I don't want this organization to exist. I don't want this organization to be part of my community because I believe what it is is doing is wrong or bad or a waste of taxpayer dollars. And I mentioned this earlier in the article from Planned Parenthood about defunding the police. There's a lot of talk about the history of policing in America being caught up with racial discrimination and things like slave catchers. Now, when we're talking about law enforcement, what's what does that mean? It means people who enforce the law. Right? And yes, in America, the law used to allow you to try to capture people who were then considered property and have them returned to you. Now, the police existed in a concept before America, just so you know, right? Just like all the concepts that America is blamed for existed before America, white supremacy, slavery, just the bad things that we associate as somehow a uniquely American aspect are all aspects of human civilization that in many places are still a problem. And yes, is part of the history of America that is shameful. And looking back on it, we can say that that is not correct. And there were steps taken to try to address this. The defund the police movement often talks about persistent discrimination with police departments, persistent dismal treatment of minority communities, of a legacy of brutality and a system that is designed to keep them down. And I said to myself when talking to them, you know, If Planned Parenthood is the other example here, people on the right have just as much reason to be skeptical of them. And you'll say, but Steve, how dare you? Planned Parenthood is a respectable organization that provides reproductive health care in the United States globally. It is a tax-exempt corporation under the Internal Revenue Code. And then, yes, you were reading Wikipedia the whole time. Congratulations, right? Look, yes... Planned Parenthood now is an organization that is primarily designed to help women with reproductive or health services. But, and this isn't often talked about, at least from those who are supporters of it, but those who are opposed to it know all about the founder of Planned Parenthood, Miss Margaret Sanger, right? The founder of Planned Parenthood was someone who believed in eugenics. Eugenics, if you're not familiar with the term, is a set of beliefs and practices that aim to improve the genetic quality of the human population, historically by excluding people in groups judged to be inferior or promoting those judged to be superior. Right, the idea that took place in the early part of the 20th century, the late 19th, early 20th century, was that we could use science to eliminate people unfit to produce, those with mental and physical disabilities, those with low ranges of IQ tests, criminals, deviants, and disfavored minority groups. 
This is a thing that happened in America, and the founder of Planned Parenthood was an advocate for it. Now, according to what I've learned, the founder was an advocate for quote-unquote voluntary motherhood, the right to choose when to be pregnant for all women. As part of her efforts to promote birth control, she did find common cause with the proponents of eugenics, believing that she and they both sought to assist the race towards the elimination of the unfit. Right, so it seems that the beginnings of birth control and the concept of family planning happened to coincide with a period of American history where a racist form of pseudoscience was the predominant intellectual attitude and that those two things kind of went hand in hand. To this day, you'll hear critics of Planned Parenthood say that essentially the mission of this is to take the quote-unquote unfit out of the gene pool. That is what they're doing. And as a matter of fact, in the very early beginnings, the founder of it was a proponent of this. And the idea of forced sterilizations and this kind of birth control on people of color has a disturbing history in America as well. Right? Part of which Planned Parenthood has a matter in because its founders were advocating that. Now, if you're saying to me, Steve, that was a long time ago. The founder's exact view shouldn't be used to judge people of today. Well, that's interesting because that's the case you're making against police departments and other organizations that the founders were slaveholders, that the early people were slaveholders, and that because of their sins, we have to change our way of life now as a result of it. But when it comes to Planned Parenthood, an organization founded by people who believe in eugenics, that's a long time ago. Right? It's not as long ago as the slave patrols, which influence policing today, but it's long ago enough where it somehow isn't part of Planned Parenthood's mission. Do you see how easy it is? Right? Do you see how easy it is to go back not that long ago in the grand scheme of time and pull out bad examples from the past and say, this is what it's like today? Right? It doesn't make sense to compare modern-day policing to slave catchers because they're not. Because that's not what they do, and we've made significant changes then, since then. The same way you wouldn't call Planned Parenthood a center of eugenics because that is not what it does today. Right? In both cases, they are products of their time, right? And they're products of the science and the laws around them. Right? And in today's world, we have places where these type of things still happen. And you may say, all right, you know what, Steve? I buy all that, right? But the difference today is that the police department is still discriminatory. Well, Planned Parenthood has done an immense amount of work to provide services and jobs to people of color and minority communities. Oh, oh, if only you were a fan of BuzzFeed News. And if you're not, I honestly have to tell you that for all of the insane listicles that BuzzFeed produces, they do have a decent news section that covers topics that you frankly wouldn't see other places. And this from BuzzFeed Nude, published October 9th, 2020, dozens of black employees said they faced racism at Planned Parenthood finds an internal audit. 
Alexis McGill Johnson, Planned Parenthood's first black president in decades, vowed to make changes in response to the audit, which was obtained by BuzzFeed News. The article goes on to say, The assessment commissioned by Planned Parenthood presented at a video meeting to Planned Parenthood Federation of America Employees Resource Group Network of Black Associates on Wednesday. It was based on interviews conducted over the summer with 64 current and 12 former Black Planned Parenthood employees in all divisions and levels. A contracted group called Anti-Oppression Resource and Technology Alliance conducted and presented the assessment, which overall found the organization's Black employees feel that Planned Parenthood's treatment of them internally does not line up with its societal, social justice-driven mission. Black employees told the commission they were regularly experienced acts of racism and anti-blackness from their white colleagues, but found that when they reported the problems to human resources, there was no meaningful consequences or accountability for racial harm. The employees said that they had been experiencing these issues and bringing their management's attention for years, but felt that little has been done to change the problem. So for years, an organization that has claimed to be supporting those in minority communities and people of color by providing them services itself is accused of being discriminatory against those same people. The article goes on to say that employees who were scrutinized, i.e., black employees, they felt that they were placed under a greater scrutiny than white colleagues, both in terms of how black staff are perceived at work, as well as the number of hours they work. There were lots of stories of black employees being expected to put in extraordinary hours of work, even if they were going through a family crisis, she recounted, while white employees were given more leeway. There is a real felt sense that it's okay for your white colleagues, especially white women in your organization, to behave some kind of way and no one's going to say anything to them about it, one person elaborated, to behave in ways that were black women to behave those ways, they would be fired. You can read all more about it, but it sounds like the organization that's talking about the police department as a discriminatory force and treating black people wrongly is itself an organization founded in the realms of white supremacy eugenicists who is treating its employees and citizens unfairly. I mean, you just can't make this stuff up, right? You just can't make up the fact that an organization and a group around it that is so dedicated and so correct in its views that when an internal audit finds that they don't live up to their standards. You don't hear much about it in the media. This came out a few days ago, and sure, things are crowded, but, you know, one would think that an organization as prominent as Planned Parenthood, if it had this kind of report out, would be doing major steps to overhaul the way it operates. I don't see it changing anytime soon. But what does this tell us about the defund movement, right? Can we look at this example and say, look, Planned Parenthood provides a service that we fundamentally disagree with if I'm pro-life. It also is discriminatory to people of color. 
right? There have been numerous exposés, some less legitimate than others, about how Planned Parenthood operates and how its funding works, right? Do we have legitimate reason to defund this? Does this organization need my taxpayer dollars? Right? There is there a legacy and current amount of discrimination with this organization that warrants it to be dissolved? Some will say yes, and others will say no. How dare you? Right? How dare you try to compare this to the legacy of the police departments everywhere who have been, you know, killing people and arresting them and treating them unfairly. And the reason I bring it up is that if we're going to be consistent here, if we're really going to try to get the message across that something needs to change is that you have to hold people you agree with accountable to the same standards. It adds to your credibility to say that, you know what, discrimination is discrimination is discrimination, right? Whether it's from Planned Parenthood or the police precinct, it needs to be dealt with. But what you see, what you see is one group of people demanding that an organization cease to exist because they see it as a political problem. And another group saying that the problems with our organization are minor or overblown and need to be dealt with internally, right? I don't think it's much of a stretch to say both organizations should be subject to public oversight. If you receive taxpayer dollars, you should be subject to government oversight. It's just a pretty standard matter of fact issue. And you know what? I'm sure there are thousands of Planned Parenthood employees who work hard every day. They have families. They care about their patients. They do the right thing and they don't discriminate. Would you fire them just because the company found that it's having issues with its employees? Would you just dissolve the entire organization and say, based on its history and its founding and the way it's treated people, that it shouldn't exist anymore? And we should just divert its resources to other servers? No, you wouldn't say this about Planned Parenthood, so why would you say it about the police department? If you're going to say that the police department doesn't provide health services, I mean, that's probably correct, but they also are part of the first responder system, right? They could be there with paramedics and firefighters. They should be there to help in case something goes wrong or somebody needs to be detained. And yes, you can argue about the discrimination and practices, and this should, should be stuff that's always up for debate and always up to review. <coughs> but if we're going to pretend that when I say a word towards something, it means something different than when it's something that I agree with, right? I'm not being honest to myself. If I say defund Planned Parenthood and I really mean abolish Planned Parenthood, just say it. If it means reform Planned Parenthood, if it means put some checks on Planned Parenthood, then say that. Or if you think that it's all overblown and it shouldn't be touched at all, you can say that as well. But don't try to give the popular answer. Don't try to go with the crowd and then just sort of give some half-assed explanation as to it. Own up to what you really mean. If you think that Planned Parenthood shouldn't exist, then say you don't think it should exist. If you don't think that the police should exist, say that I don't think the police should exist. In both worlds, that idea that this organization shouldn't exist is an immediate non-starter. It's an immediate non-starter because the police department at every level is important for government to function. And in terms of Planned Parenthood, 
It has private donations it can live on. And as soon as a Democrat comes into office, you can guarantee these restrictions on its funding will be removed. And it's possible in the future that abortion itself will become taxpayer funded at the federal level. The point here is that if we're going to try to have an honest conversation about the parts of our community that we think are beneficial or not, we need to use the same word in the same way. We need to just be honest and say either I think this organization should be reformed, it shouldn't change, or it shouldn't exist. Don't be hypocritical and say that Planned Parenthood is always looking out in the interest of people of color and the police department isn't. And don't be hypocritical and say that Planned Parenthood is a baby murdering factory and the police never kill anybody for unjustified reasons. I understand that your team may want you to feel that way. I understand the people around you may want you to feel that way. But if you think that maybe both sides are wrong on something and there's some kind of common ground that can be reached here, congratulations, you're an adult. You're somebody who can think. Who can use your common sense. Personally, I like the idea of having both a police department and a Planned Parenthood in my community. I believe that women should have a place to go to receive accessible health care. And I also believe that people should have a service in place to protect them from crime. Like, I believe that sometimes some of the pro-lifers can get a little too obnoxious and maybe we should have something, I don't know, like the police department stand outside the Planned Parenthood Center so that people don't get too crazy and out of line. If we're going to reform things, then we need to have an honest conversation about what it is and why it exists and what is good and what is bad. And if we're just merely going to say to destroy the organization because it is opposed to me politically or it's in my advantage to do so, or I'm being dishonest about why that is the case, then we're not going to have a productive conversation about whether or not we should change the way we allocate resources. Like, look, Planned Parenthood isn't going anywhere. Even if it's been denied Title X funding, it's received more funding from other federal sources and from private sources than it has in recent years. Police departments are big, large parts of our local city and state governments, and they're not going to go away either. Nor should they go away, because as we've seen with the rioting and the looting, that we do need, we do in fact need police to help restore order. And I really do believe that we can find some sort of common ground on this and that we can have reforms that help police do their jobs better. (coughs) Frankly, I'm not a fan of the drug war. Drug wars definitely cause way more harm than good. But we need to change the drug laws in this country to... Stop punishing people for dealing small amounts of drugs and has them in a system of rehabilitation where they can try to overcome drug addiction. Personally, I I don't see it so hard to think that, you know, certain populations, you know, sex offenders and violent criminals should 
have a place where they're segregated from society so they can't hurt people. Right? And mixing them in with a bunch of low-level drug dealers doesn't seem to be doing anybody any benefit. If we make the police act in a way that's beneficial to the community in our minds, they're going to do that because they're supposed to follow the laws that we set. If we prioritize not arresting low-level drug offenders and maybe going after violent crimes and sex crimes, then maybe we can get more of those things solved or addressed. cut all that out but let's get back into character here something I want to read for you here this is a letter to the editor published in uh, the Daily Herald this is a few years old but I think the case still matters quoting the letter to the editor from the Daily Herald I am one of the future, quote, do-nothing pensioners that you refer to in a previous editorial called Our View April 2nd, as I am a police officer with 19 years of service to my municipality. The state of Illinois does not fully subsidize the police and firefighter pension system, as you state. Public sector employees contribute almost 10% of their monthly income to their respective funds and municipalities contribute an equal amount. This money is invested into funds to which the pension beneficiaries are paid from. Your article implies the state pays and is obligated to pay all the benefits, which is incorrect. By law, municipalities are required to maintain their portion of investment, not the entire amount. It also fails to mention that state employees, specifically state police, have the sweetest benefit of all public sector employees while receiving 80% of their salary after 26 years of service with free health insurance. <laughs> Yet your article claims the state and its municipalities are suffering due to our funding. It's amazing how the state can be suffering with its own generous plan to the troopers. You imply public employees should not be entitled to any increase in pensions as they are already getting paid, quote, for doing nothing. Let me enlighten you about what police officers and firefighters endure during their careers to become eligible to receive a pension. In my 22 overall years, I have missed countless holidays with my children and my family, not to mention other obligations. The wear and tear on my body that was endured by rotating shifts and rotating days off throughout the years, statistically say my lifespan will be shortened by several years compared to the average 9-to-5 worker. I have been punched and sent to the hospital, kicked, spit at, hit twice in my squad car while on traffic stops, and myself nearly hit on other occasions. I have dealt with death, 
abuse, neglect, and constant criticism of the courts as well as the public. My fellow officers and I do not do this to become rich during our careers or rich during our retirement years, as you suggest. We do our jobs to protect you, your family, and your property. So forgive us if we wish to keep our pensions intact and do nothing, as you suggest, during our retirement years. We've earned it. <clears throat> that was written by my father. <sighs> that was years ago now. He retired back in 2013 after 26 years of service. <clears throat> when I hear people say that all cops are bad, and not the people who say that and they just immediately try to backtrack and say, no, I just mean systems. There are people who say all cops are bad. All cops are inherently bad. They are all racist. They are all monsters. And they wake up every morning just wanting to kill people. Like they believe these people are robots, mindless creatures who just do automatically as they're always told and are always assuming the worst. Like they're human beings too. And we put them in positions that we ourselves would probably never, ever want to deal with. All the time. We send them in harm's way. They volunteer to go into harm's way. Right? And to be clear, while police departments, you know, may be overall heavily white and male, there are female police officers and officers of color as well. All of whom face the same kind of mistreatment from low-life criminals and people who are out to get them. Right, let's not forget that they're our neighbors. They are friends and family members. That they have lives and they put those lives in danger almost every day. None of this takes away from the fact that there are bad cops and they should be subject to authority when they've done wrong and they should be held accountable for their actions. And unfortunately, the way the law works is that it's not often that individual officers may in fact face accountability. It may often just be the city itself that pays in the form of settlements. Officers can get fired. Officers can scrounge around and find new work. We have to prevent bad officers from moving from town to town, right? We have to find a way to help continuously screen out those who are unfit for the job, right? Because once they're in the job, it comes, it's very clear that it's not often easy to remove them if misconduct is suspected. In the same way that Planned Parenthood deserves the right to try to help itself and to solve its own problems regarding discrimination, we too should allow the police department to make the steps necessary to improve its community standing overall. We need to have people whose job it is to protect us in the same way we need people to help us get help when we need it for our health. It's not always easy, it's not always fun, it gets heated, and it gets passionate, and there are lives at stake. 
but we need to have an honest conversation. And if we're dancing around what words mean and we're letting extremists push the terms of the debate, then we're not going to get anywhere. If you want to defund something, defund it and say it. If you want to reform something, say it. But don't give the perception that when you say defund, it's only going to affect your opponents and not those who you agree with. And don't think that your side is not subject to the same human error that the other side is, and that there's always a better way. But we don't have to blow everything up every time something goes wrong. We need to find the problems and address them, whether it's through legislation, through legal means, through court challenges, through elections. Right? It is a constant struggle and balance between us and those who serve us. We need to be able to work together here. We need to be able to come together so we can make a difference for our community. Big thanks to all the listeners out there. I know this is a controversial topic, so if you're if you disagree with me, feel free to reach out. And if you agree with me, feel free to reach out. Or if you don't care, just feel free to reach out. I'm always down to talk. The next step is that I'm hoping to do something a little bit different and make it a little bit more personal. So if it takes a bit more time to get it out, um, don't be shocked. I'm trying to do this as regularly as I can, but again, it's just me, one man with a microphone, editing as best I can, trying to get all the coughs and the cracks and the me repeating the same phrases over and over again out. I'm only human, man. I'm trying my best here. But I would love to have, if you, if anybody is listening and wants to reach out, I'm all for topics that you want to discuss because most of the time it's just me trying to think about what I care about and trying to express it in a way that I can but you're allowed to reach out to me email me at s underscore anderson 84 at mail.harpercollege.edu follow me under the notorious essay on facebook twitter and instagram notorious essay podcast Hopefully this keeps growing, but I've had some good episodes so far, and I've had quite a few listeners pick up. If you agree with me, let me know. If you disagree with me, let me know. We need to keep having conversations, and civil conversations at that. We need to be able to move ourselves forward and really just understand each other in ways that maybe we haven't been able to so far. You can have your own opinions and you can also understand where someone else is coming from, even if you don't agree or want to act in that same fashion. Let's not forget our common humanity. Let's not forget that we're all people and we're all subject to the same wants, fears, desires, and problems. Let's also not forget that certain groups have been the subject of more mistreatment than others. 
and it is not right, and we should do everything in our power to correct it. But if you think it's as simple as defunding Planned Parenthood or the police, you've got another thing coming, because simple things rarely work out the way that you think they will. There's an old saying that there's not really solutions, there's only trade-offs. When it comes to organizations like these that have controversial histories, that might have questionable practices that hurt others, that we not just get so fired up and just want to burn everything down, but that we actively work to create a constructive environment where we can make positive change. It's not easy, not always fun, but it's necessary because we're adults and that's what adults do. So again, thank you everybody for listening. Victoria's Essay Podcast comes out as often as I feel like it. And hopefully we'll see you on the next one. Take care. Stay safe. Thank you.